It's game day eve, BYU and Notre Dame in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. What to make of this game? What are the keys for BYU to come out the victors? we got all of that ahead on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen or first watch of the day. Some of you pointed out they always talk about listening, but when I'm on YouTube, you can technically watch me as well do the podcast. So thank you for your support. As always, we are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. So thank you once again for joining us. By way of introduction, for some of you who may be checking us out for the very first time, my name is Jake. I work for the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City, Utah as an executive producer of DJ and PK, our morning drive radio show. And then in my off hours, I moonlight here as your host talking all things BYU. And a huge thank you for checking us out. The goal here, simply stated, is to make you the smartest BYU fans in the room by giving you all the news and notes you need to know about from BYU in roughly 30 minutes or less every single weekday. Alright, a well, quick reminder that today's show, our title sponsors our friends over at Underdog. Under, uh, sign up at underdogfantasy.com with the promo code locked on and get your first deposit doubled up to up to $100. A great offer from our friends at Underdog. We'll talk a little bit more about them later on on today's show as well. But to the topic at hand, BYU, the 16th ranked Cougars, are headed to Las Vegas. Uh, I will be headed down that way today on Friday. I'm sure many of you will be as well. Uh, by the way, just a little bit of a word to the wise. I-15 in Nevada remains just an absolute crap show. I expect to take some extra time to navigate uh, between St. George and Mesquite, and more importantly, Mesquite to Las Vegas. They've been doing work there, it seems like, for the last three decades at this point, and it just takes forever. So plan on some extra time if you're making the drive like I am to Sin City for that matchup. But all the same, very much looking forward to BYU and the Fighting Irish and Notre Dame squaring off in this game. Notre Dame comes into this game 2-2, two and two, have not had the start to the season that they expected. It seemed like they righted the ship a little bit uh, two weeks ago when they took on North Carolina down there in Chapel Hill. Really got their offense rolling and I think there's some people out there maybe thinking that uh, Notre Dame's got things figured out. Folks, let me also word to the wise. If there is a defense that is more leaky than BYU's right now, it's probably the North Carolina Tar Heels. They are just absolutely abysmal on defense. You think BYU's defense struggled, folks? Watch North Carolina for a minute. And I think many of you, I I watched it. Uh, watched uh, Appalachian State come up just short in a 63 to 61 barn burner. North Carolina is like a sieve; they can't stop anything. So I would, ugh, I, I don't want to take everything away from that one game and say that Notre Dame's figured it out. And I don't think they have. But I think that the one thing about Notre Dame, I guess, top of my mind on this matchup, is that Notre Dame they are uh, just an elite 
talented squad. They've got guys who are tall, fast, rangy. They've got a lot of talent, four- and five-star talents up and down the roster. And the crazy thing about this is, just yesterday, Jacob Lacey, a former four-star signee with the program, who has five tackles and also two sacks this season, pulled a Dellen Holker. He announced that he is going to redshirt the remainder of this season and enter the NCAA transfer portal in the month of December. So that gives a little bit of a blow to this Notre Dame defense, which actually had uh, garnered 13 total sacks on the season to this point. So they've been very, very good about getting sacks this year, but two of those, uh, uh, that walks out the door there, essentially. So uh, not going to necessarily be at full strength here. Uh, J.D. Bertrand also for North, uh, for Notre Dame, not North Carolina, for Notre Dame. J.D. Bertrand, one of their star linebackers, he had his second targeting ejection in that game against North Carolina. They appealed it, and he lost that appeal. Unlike Gabe Judy Lally from BYU, who actually won his appeal to be able to play in the entirety of this game against Notre Dame. Well, J.D. Bertrand, one of their better linebackers, is not going to play in the first half of this matchup against the Cougars. So, yet another break for BYU if they can get a fast start. Now, that fast start part of it is a huge, huge question mark for BYU. The Cougars have been plagued by inconsistency and very, very slow starts in their past three games. That is something that has to go by the wayside in this matchup. Uh, We talked yesterday on the podcast, those of you who watched and or listened to it, uh, Ed Lamb talking about the fact that he wants his guys, uh, he wants the entirety of BYU's roster, not just his guys, he wants the entirety of the BYU roster to play a little more loose and just to relax a little bit. I think that's been the message to this team all week long, and I'm just reading between the lines, just based on the comments from Kalani Sitake on Monday, then the comments from Ed Lamb on, uh, that was what, Wednesday when he spoke, you know, maybe it was, no, it was Tuesday when he spoke, talking about like, hey, we need, just need to play a little more loose. We've been so uptight this season. Hopefully that messaging gets through, the, gets through to the BYU football program this week. This is a game that you go into. The odds makers, our friends at Bet Online, still have it. as a, It's now a three point favorite according to bet online as of recording of this podcast uh in favor of notre dame in this matchup so you think it's gonna be a very very tight game but here's the thing about that three points on a neutral field that's negligible and that's the thing i want to share with you guys i've used this uh, in past weeks and i'm going to share it now uh this comes by way of stats of war on twitter uh, parker does a great job I'll, I'll get rid of my little overlay there so you guys can see this a little bit better but he uh puts out these graphics every single week and we've used them a number of times this season uh examining the matchups from a a, a what do you call it? An advanced analytics perspective. But what I want to point you guys to is right here. Look at this. 50.63% win probability for Notre Dame versus 49.37% for BYU. 30.53 projected points to 30.32 projected points. Parker's metrics think that this game is going to be absolutely razor tight. Razor tight? Uh, regardless. He thinks it's going to be a very, very close game, and I get the feeling that's what it's going to be on my end as well. I the, the metrics on this, both teams have their issues. You can look at this. EPA margin for Notre Dame, they're 90th in the country. Those are expected points added. And what it is is extra expected points added. You may be able to read this here if you watch. It looks very closely. It says EPA, extra points added, a measure that translates yards to points in context. Notre Dame is 90th in that regard. BYU, to their credit, they're in the top 40. They're number 34 in EPA margin. The problem is offensive success rate for BYU over here on the right side. And those of you not watching this, uh, you can go to YouTube or you can go to Stats of War on Twitter and look up this graphic. But BYU's offensive success rate in the past, 24th in the country, a 48.4 
34% pass uh, offensive success rate, but is offset by a 38.1% rush rate, which is 100th, absolutely abysmal number for uh, BYU in their rush rate offensively. Now, conversely, on defense for BYU against the pass, they're 26th against the run, 93rd. BYU is like hot and cold in the past department, both offensively and defensively. BYU is very, very good. They're in the nation's top 25 when it comes to rush defense and running the football on offense. They are not so hot. Now, Notre Dame, you look at this though, defensive success rate for Notre Dame, very good against the pass in their own right, but their rush percentage, you think BYU 93 is bad? How about 127th out of 131 FBS programs? Yes, Notre Dame struggles against the run. Could this be the week? Could this finally be the week that BYU comes out and says, you know what? We are going to punish our opponent. I'm probably asking too much by even suggesting that because we have asked that. I think, I think I've asked that question Every week since that USF game, it just has not come to fruition for BYU. But those numbers, that defensive success rate for uh, Notre Dame is not good. They're 95th in defensive success rate, BYU 68th. So there is a lot going uh, for BYU in this matchup. Uh, And, man... I think a key to this game, maybe the key to this game for BYU, if they want to get out of uh, Las Vegas with a win, is they cannot avoid another slow start in this matchup. I do not know what it's going to take to get BYU going, but they have to figure it out. Because right now, it's just you look at it and... I think Notre Dame, if you allow them to gain confidence and they feel like they can pull an organ where they jump on BYU early and suddenly uh, BYU is just under it, it seems like that is the formula for getting BYU to quit. And to BYU's credit, in the past two games, when teams like Wyoming and Utah State jumped on them early, in the second half, they made the proper adjustments and went on to win the football game. This is another animal, folks. I talked about this in the preseason and training camp, talked about it the week of Baylor, talked about it the week of Oregon, that these four games on BYU's schedule. We already saw Baylor and Oregon. BYU split those games. And obviously this week and next week with Notre Dame and Arkansas, they are the four games that I think, for better or worse, are going to define the BYU football season this year. I know that you always look at the totality of the season, bowl game and all 12 games combined, and then you make that full assessment. But the performance in these four games are going to really, I think, make or break how BYU fans perceive this season. And if you can go out there and win this game, you get to 5-1 and one at the halfway point of the season, start to let your dreams fly a little bit because at that point, you will have taken down two very, very good football programs. I know that Baylor and I know that Notre Dame have not been the teams that you expected them to be coming into the year, but they are still supremely talented squads and getting a win over them matters. It's a big win. But let me get back to my original point. The key, I guess in my mind, for BYU in this game is they have to get off to a solid start. Does that mean that Jaron Hall comes out and starts slinging it all over the field and BYU just really opens things up. Maybe that has to be what gets them going. I don't know. But with these numbers, these analytics from our good friend uh, Parker sets a war there on Twitter, where Notre Dame struggles against the run, they struggled to get points, they just... 
Notre Dame's not in a place they expected to be, and they have Drew Pine as their quarterback now. We started with Tyler Buckner this year before he suffered a, uh, what is going to be essentially a season-ending injury. They'd have to make it, I think, to like January to even have an outside shot of getting him back into the lineup. So it's Drew Pine's team, and Pete Sampson from The Athletic joined my radio show, DJ and PK, yesterday and said that the thing about Notre Dame right now is they're not an explosive big play offense right now. That actually should lend itself to BYU maybe feeling like they have a better shot in this matchup, if that truly is the case. I thought it was a pretty frank assessment from Pete Sampson in saying that. He doesn't think that Notre Dame has the team speed that they would like to have right now. He says they're big, they're physical, but they may not have that just that extra step that seems to outclass BYU at times in matchups like this. I look at this, and I think that Parker's dead on with his assessment. I think this is almost a 50-50 proposition for who could win this football game. It's it's really that close in many ways. The biggest thing, I think, for BYU, like I said, is that quick start. And we'll get to, I've got two other keys to this game that I think that BYU needs to capitalize on if they want to go down to Allegiant Stadium and keep their record there, a sterling uh, 2-0, undefeated, in the home of the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll get to those in just a moment. First, though, we need to talk about our friends over at uh, Underdog. Underdog. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to spice up the college football season. What it is, it's very easy to play, and while you are watching your favorite team play, you can get in on the action and win some money, folks. That's the best part about this. You can go to underdog.com, and the best part is you pick between two and five players, and you uh, you pick the over-under on the stats or the projections of the over-under of what Underdog throws at you. And the best part is, if you win, you win cold, hard cash. It's as simple as that. I'm going to give you guys a tip on this. If you go to Underdog Fantasy right now, I would say that whatever number that Jaron Hall is getting for his passing yardage in this game, take the over. I think the BYU plans to go into this game and really open it up. I, I, that's just I've got a gut feeling. I don't necessarily know that. I've just got a gut feeling that no matter what the number is for Jaron Hall in this game, take the over on it. It's one of the easiest fantasy games out there to play, and you can cold hard cash in a single game. It's really that simple, my friends. So go to underdog fantasy, underdogfantasy.com right now. Sign up with our promo code locked on. That's one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. So you deposit a hundred bucks, you get a hundred bucks from our friends at Underdog. It's really, really simple. Once again, underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app to sign up now on the App Store or Google Play. Uh, once again, that's underdogfantasy.com, promo code locked on. Get that $100 free from our friends at Underdog Fantasy and get in on the college football pick'em action today with our friends at Underdog. All right, I guess I should actually take down this graphic after I did that read there. I meant to, you know, actually have my face showing, but hey, nonetheless, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. Now, I mentioned that I think maybe the key to the game is BYU avoiding a slow start. And I, like I said, at this point of the season, maybe that's asking too much of this BYU football program, but I would like to think that they can get it going. Now, there are two other keys, I think, for BYU in this matchup. Number one, continue your incredible run of having no turnovers. BYU has got four straight games here of no turnovers in those four games. The only turnover this season so far for BYU was the interception against USF in the opener down there in Tampa. If BYU takes care of the football in this game, I think they stand a pretty good shot of winning this. It's crazy how much turnover margin, especially if you're plus in the turnover margin, that means you have more uh, takeaways. You took the ball away from the opposing team more than they took it away from you. If you are plus in the turnover margin, the metrics bear out 
about them, more often than not, you're going to win the football game. I think that BYU has zero turnovers, or if they have one, if they end up, like, I think, like plus two in the turnover margin, I'd actually venture to say I think I'd feel pretty good about BYU's chances of winning this game down there in Las Vegas. It's never a perfect uh, straight-across deal with that, but the metrics, by and large, if you look at the history of college football, teams that get the most turnovers in a game typically go on to win the football game. So BYU, yes, A, take care of the football. It needs to be treated as they have treated it the last four games, like a precious commodity that is not to be lost. A guy like Lopini Katoa, if he fumbles like he did, and Clark Barrington, to his credit, got that ball back against Utah State, I'm going to venture to say that in this game, he... Uh, went on to play, I think, the next play, and then we didn't see him again for a couple more series. I'd venture to say if he had a fumble like that in a game like this against Notre Dame, he probably gets benched immediately and he doesn't see the field again. You have to take care of the football in this game. It is absolutely precious. Like the oil out there in the world, OPEC deciding they want to pinch our wallets even more. Guess what? The football needs to be treated as just gold. It needs to be that precious commodity that BYU holds on to, but at the same time, on the defensive side of the football, I would be all about BYU getting an interception, maybe stripping the ball out when it comes to running the football. Now, Audric Estime, uh, the starting running back for uh, Notre Dame, had his comments earlier this week about BYU. Uh, they don't have the same type of athletes we have, and if we go out there and play our game, I think we're, we're going to run. Okay, we're going to win. Those comments, I, I guess I didn't take that much offense to them because... I'm not 100% certain I would expect anything less to come out of guy's mouth. Granted, his coach, uh, Marcus Freeman, the head coach in Notre Dame, is probably saying, what are you doing? Why are you saying stuff like that? Because it's going to be used as bulletin board material in the BYU locker room. It doesn't matter what his intent, what the what his comments actually meant, etc. They are going to be used as fodder for BYU as they should be in this matchup. Notre Dame, for their history, has always been a program that believes it's elite, it's prestige is unmatched it's the it's the consummate independent they, they they do things their way it's the notre dame way or the highway that, that's been a lot of what notre dame's perception has been in their history byu i remember when they first went independent people were uh, putting words in byu's mouth because they never actually said this that byu wanted to become the notre dame of the west i don't think byu necessarily wanted to do that i think notre dame was a great template for byu and independence obviously to build out their schedules and that type of stuff but i think the bigger thing for uh, BYU is that they are a program that wants to assert themselves on a national stage. There is no bigger stage than being on NBC, which has been the home of Notre Dame football for years. It's over the air, air television. If you have rabbit ears on your TV, you can see this game. There are going to be millions upon millions of folks tuned into this game, and it is a huge, huge stage for BYU. So key number three in this game, seize the moment. Carpe diem. Uh, I know that that's a very popular phrase out there, but the bigger thing for BYU is this is a huge platform to be on. And obviously, next week, you're either going to be on ESPN or ABC when you take on Arkansas at home, but you don't want to go into that game on a down note. You want to win this football game and all of a sudden have the talking heads at ESPN, NBC, Fox, uh, insert uh, talking head you, whatever, they're all going to be talking about BYU going into that Arkansas game if, if 
you win this football game. So go out, seize the moment, make this the best game that you have played this season to a man on BYU's roster. I can tell you this much. The vibe around this team is it's been very business oriented. This is a team I think that's been very upset, especially on the defensive side of the football with some of their failings this year. I... I want to think that they can go out and be a better defense than what they have shown this year. I want to see what we saw against Baylor. They were so focused, so laser-focused in that game against Baylor at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I haven't seen that BYU defensive effort in any of the other four games for BYU. They were so locked in. They didn't miss assignments. They didn't miss tackles. It, it, you, If you're Elisa Tuiaki and Ed Lamb and Kalani Satake, the brain trust that comprises, that, that leads BYU's defense, I know that some of you are stunned to hear that Ed Lamb's part of it, but he is part of this. He actually has a huge outsized role in the overall team philosophy, especially defensively. Those guys need to preach to the defense. Guys, Channel whatever it was that got you playing like you were against Baylor. Because if BYU can play that type of a game, and maybe you don't even have to play necessarily that uh, uh, that spectacular of a game, and the Baylor game wasn't perfect, but maybe you don't even have to play that necessarily that great of a game, because I think Notre Dame's got some doubt in their mind of how good they actually are. But if you can go in and put on a similar performance to what you did against Baylor... I think BYU's offense is not going to be held down in this game. I think that Jaron Hall having, oh, by the way, Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua, I am fully expecting them to be on the field together for the very first time in this game. And that's going to be a scary proposition for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, no matter who they have on the back end of their defense, knowing that BYU's top tandem of wide receivers who have not played together this year, but have had starring roles in the games that they have played, getting them on the field together, as well as guys like Cody Epps, Keanu Hill, etc. That is a scary, scary proposition if you're the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Now, I'll also add one other thing. I am not expecting uh, to see Chase Roberts in this game. He's still dealing with a nagging injury, and it it's, appears that it's going to cost him this week. Malik Moore also not available in this game. Ed Lamb broke that news earlier this week. Uh, but the good news is, I think, by and large, BYU should be fairly healthy. I don't think Josh Larson will play along that defensive line. The hope is that guys like Gabe Summers will be available for this game. TBD, those will probably be more game-time decisions. I'll be sure to tweet out anything that I hear and or see uh, there in the stands when I get down there to Allegiant Stadium, but very much looking forward to this game. So, my keys to the game, and, I, and by the way, the question of the day today, what is your key to the game? What key do you think? What is like the one single thing that BYU needs to do in this game against Notre Dame to get the win over the Fighting Irish, which by the way, in BYU's history, have been few and far between. They won in 1994, they won in 2004, can they make it win number, I think it's number three, it would be in 2022. If you want to get that win, what is the key to the game? Send that in to us, Locked On Cougars, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Would love to hear from you guys. You also can DM them on Twitter to me, Jacob C. Hatch, or email the show, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Or if you're on YouTube, right below where I'm pointing, drop it in the comment section. I'd love nothing more than to get your guys' keys to the game, and I'll be sure to uh, be sure to track them. And if you guys nail it, if it's kind of what I think was the key to a potential BYU win, or if you're not as bullish on BYU's chances and you think there's a key to them potentially losing 
I'll be sure to shout you out in our postcast edition of the show. By the way, like I said, I am going to be in Las Vegas. I will actually be in the stands of this game. I'm going to be a fan for the first time in a very, very long time. I have sat in a ton of press boxes over the years. I have been very uh, rare. I've had very rare opportunities to sit in the stands. It is my dad's 60th birthday this week. So happy birthday to my dad, uh, Nate. Uh, if you guys know my dad, he's a fantastic human being. One of my uh, favorite people in the entire world. He's my dad. I get that. But he's one of my heroes. Uh, truly. Uh, we're celebrating his 60th birthday. So my mom is actually sending me and all of my brothers. Uh, it's very rare that we get all together. We're all hopping in a car together. We're hopping in a suburban and uh, road tripping down to Las Vegas to go enjoy the game as a family. So it'd be my dad and all my brothers. So if you happen to see me at the game, uh, shout me out. I'd love nothing more than to meet as many of you out there as I possibly can. But uh, speaking of postcast, I don't know necessarily what I'm going to do or where I'm going to do it, but we will get it done at some point after the game. So maybe I'm sitting in a restaurant and I pull out my phone and record it that way. Who knows? We will figure out a way. I've got equipment to do a more rudimentary style than what I typically do here in my studio at my house, but we will make it happen. And looking forward to this matchup. I'll get you my prediction for the game here in just a moment. We also need to talk about BYU basketball. Uh, West Coast Conference, I think they realize, hey, there's BYU media coming to Las Vegas. We should actually move our media day to the week of the Notre Dame game so that actually media will show up to our media day. Well, where did BYU get picked? You probably already know, but we'll talk about that and where I, what I think of that in just a moment as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars. All right, before we go here on today's show, uh, let's talk a little bit about BYU basketball. The preseason poll is out when it comes to the West Coast Conference, the final season for BYU in the WCC. BYU is picked to finish tied for third with San Francisco behind heavyweights Gonzaga and St. Mary's in the conference poll. Not all that surprising. BYU finished fifth last year. They sunk to a very disappointing fifth, the lowest they have ever finished in the West Coast Conference. Uh, And San Francisco obviously knocked BYU out of the West Coast Conference just this past March. It's crazy to think it was both that recent and that long ago, but looking forward to the season. Now, the good news is for BYU is that their uh, leading leading player, I think he's truly going to be the star this year for BYU, Fusini Traore was named to the All-WCC preseason team. So congratulations to Fus. A big accomplishment for him. He's actually only one of two underclassmen who are on the All-Conference team. Obviously, Gonzaga and St. Mary's leading the way. I think there are, let's see, one, two, there's, so there's two St. Mary's players, two from Gonzaga, one from Santa Clara, one from Pepperdine, Portland. Actually, there's three Gonzaga players. So Drew Timmy, uh, probably the odds-on favorite to be the West Coast Conference Player of the Year, back for another season to torment all the West Coast Conference teams. But I think it's cool to see Fusini Traore getting that, uh, getting that award. Uh, he doesn't necessarily have the most statistically bombastic season last year. 9.5 points on 59% shooting. Also led BYU with 8.5 rebounds per game and also 1.3 blocks. But I would expect the six foot six uh, big man, he is going to break out in a big way this year. I'd actually venture to say that I wouldn't be surprised if he more than doubles that scoring output. I am that bullish on Foose and his ability. If he, if he, if he avoids foul trouble, the sky is seemingly the limit for this kid. He's got all of the capability in the entire world to be one of those guys that is one of the great, I guess, undersized big men in BYU history. I've talked about the comparison with him. It's not a great comparison because they're they're just undersized guys. But Keena Young, think about Keena Young, a six foot five power forward who went on to be ultimately Mountain West Conference Player of the Year uh, in his BYU career. Foose is a completely different player than Keena Young, but undersized, but similar. But similarly capable of impacting a game and taking a game over. That's the thing about this. 
There's a lot of other talent. I talked yesterday about what I'm hearing out of practices. The guys like Noah Waterman and Jackson Robinson have been showing out and being very, very good. But let's be real. Number 45, Fus Traore, who was at BYU Media uh, at the West Coast Conference Media Days yesterday, he is going to be the lead dog for BYU this year. Feed Fus the ball, get out of the way, let him go to work. I think he is going to show out this season, and I cannot wait to see it. And BYU picking, being picked to finish third, I actually think is a measure of respect for BYU. It could be very easy for the coaches in the West Coast Conference to say, you know what, this team's not as good as we think they are. Uh, we're going to move them down where, more towards where Portland's at. Portland's uh, currently at in fifth place with 48 overall points in that poll. And by the way, the Portland Pilots with Shante Lagans, their their head coach, uh, they're probably the dark horse here this season. Portland's going to be very, very good once again. They were a sneaky good team a year ago in his first year, speaking of Coach Lagans' uh, first year. Keep an eye on that because he, he they've got some talent there. But it's a big, big opportunity for BYU basketball to have a nice final run in the West Coast Conference. But more importantly, this upcoming hoop season for BYU, it's all about getting ready for the Big 12. We all know that. You're going into the Big 12 next year. Get ready for that because you're going from a good, quote-unquote, mid-major conference to maybe the best basketball conference in the country, period, end of sentence, no arguments. That's the type of step that BYU is taking. And this year, uh, if you're going to sacrifice some things, sacrifice wins in the West Coast Conference now for the overall development of your program to get them ready to compete in the Big 12. I'd actually be okay with BYU sinking to middle of the table in the West Coast Conference, crazy as it sounds, if it meant that they got some of the young guys in BYU's roster, get them the requisite time to get them up to speed so that when BYU joins the Big 12, they can be more competitive in that league. I I really think that this is a year that in many ways... uh, a West Coast Conference title, it's out of the question. BYU never won it in the 12 years they were in the conference. I don't expect them to win it this year. So, you know what? If it comes at the expense of maybe finishing a fourth or a fifth in the West Coast Conference this year, I don't know. Regardless, if it means costing yourself a place or two in the West Coast Conference versus getting yourselves ready for the Big 12, I'd opt to be ready for the Big 12. I guess that's my other hot take on today's show. All right, that's going to do it for us on this edition of the show. Enjoy the game tomorrow. If you're going to be at the game, like I said, reach out. Uh, I'd love nothing more than to interact with you guys. Uh, tweet at me, DM me, whatever you got. I'd be happy to meet up and meet as many of you as possible. Maybe we do a, I don't know, a meet up on the concourse there at Allegiant Stadium. I'll, maybe I'll find a spot and tweet out, hey, I'm going to be here at halftime if you want to come over and say hi. Maybe we can do that. I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. But looking forward to it. Like I said, we'll have a postcast at some point tomorrow evening uh, as we recap whatever happens in this matchup. And as we go out the door here, here's my prediction for this game. I've got a sneaky uh, suspicion. This is I, I go by my gut. Any of you who have watched this podcast know that I go more by my gut than anything else in the entire world. I've got a gut feeling that BYU's got something cooked up in this game. And I actually think BYU sneaks it out. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be pretty. But I think BYU wins this one. Give me BYU 28, Notre Dame 24. I think BYU sneaks one out in the end with a four-point win. Uh, take the points, if you will, if, you, if you're a betting man. And by the way, we're in the capital of betting down there in Las Vegas with this matchup. But very much looking forward to it. So a big thank you once again for your support of the podcast. As always, thank you for making us your first listen. Now go make our friends over the Locked On Big 12 
podcast, your second listen of the day. Get up to speed on Kansas so they get ready uh, for a huge showdown against TCU. College game day is in Lawrence, Kansas, folks. The first time ever. It's crazy to think about. Kansas is absolutely rolling. Get all that and more with Josh Neighbors in the Locked On Big 12 podcast. You can get that free and available wherever you get uh, podcasts or watch it on YouTube just like this show for free. All right, that'll do it for us. Have a great day. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Send in your predictions now and also your keys to the game, and we'll be back with you guys again soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.